Coming up today on Locked On Big Ten, we've got Asher Lowe in to talk about everything going on with Wisconsin-Penn State this weekend. Is this the year that the Badgers finally take that next big step in becoming more than just competitors in the Big Ten? We'll break down all of that, but of course, got to talk mainly about this big game to start the season two. That's coming up right here, right now on Locked On Big Ten. Are Locked On Big Ten, your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Alongside our Wednesday co-host, Asher Lowe, I'm Nate Dickinson. You can hear Asher on the Locked On Badgers podcast every single weekday covering everything going on with Wisconsin. Asher, it's game week, baby. How are you feeling about everything going on with Wisconsin football going into a big first week matchup with Penn State? Oh, I can't wait. We're striping out Camp Randall again. It's been a long time since we've had fans. Uh, it's been a long time since Camp Randall's had the juice that it will have on Saturday, and I can't wait to see Madison, Wisconsin in uh, full swing and see a game day environment once again in the best college town in America. Yeah, something probably a little less talked about than you'd expect going on. These fans coming back, uh, home field advantage going to be a little bit bigger even here in this first week here? Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be really big, but it's also interesting. I was listening to uh, our press conferences the other day, and our defensive coordinator yesterday, Jim Leonard, said that he was kind of messing with some of the guys, some of the sophomores and freshmen on defense. And we have a couple that are starting. Nick Herbig was the guy he was talking about. He's messing with them like, are you ready for this? Like, you've never played in front of a single person in your life in college. Are you ready? You ready for this? Like half our roster has basically never played in front of a home fan in their life, in their lives. So it's not only the freshmen, it's all the sophomores and then some of the redshirt freshmen. And so when you add it all up, basically, like I said, around half the roster has never played in front of a Wisconsin fan. It's going to be crazy this weekend all around college football and the Big Ten especially. And we're going to talk about just the one side, at least, of this one matchup. We're going to try and get Kevin McGuire on from Penn State to talk about the other side later in the week, too. But we'll get more on the game in a minute, Asher. Right now, let's get to just the little news that we have. And I do have very little stuff just on what's going on in the Big Ten because most people are just talking football right now. We did have cross-country rankings come out. If you're interested in that kind of thing on the men's and women's side, Big Ten well represented in top 20 polls on both national polls. They also have regional polls where they rank the top five in each kind of like area of the country that I'm not really sure how they define, but... Uh, it was Michigan, Michigan State, Indiana, and OSU, Ohio State in the top five, just racking up teams in the Big Ten there in the region. On the women's side, on the men's side, it was uh, Indiana, Michigan State also represented there, and there was no Ohio State or Michigan. Wisconsin, though, does get in there on the men's side as well. And then also Wisconsin volleyball. I believe we talked about this yep. before on the show, but not with you. Top team in the nation. Big Ten obviously loaded in volleyball every year, but... Right now, the Badgers are the team that's on the tip-top of the totem pole. It's been a nice little tradition that you've started up there in Madison. Yeah, last year was the year that they thought they'd go all the way. Uh, they had, of course, Dana Retke, who was largely considered the best player in the country. Sidney Hilly, probably the best setter in the country. Uh, and a freshman in Devin Robinson, who now is a sophomore. But last year, it's a freshman who was really starring uh, at the net. And this year, they bring almost everybody back. 
Uh, everybody, almost everyone on that team decided to come back for their additional year, including Dana Retke, including Sidney Hilly, and they didn't get it done last year. They lost in the national semifinal uh, in an upset loss to Texas, and this is the year where they're coming back as clear national championship favorites, at least in my book. They have a really, really big match against Kentucky coming up later this week on Friday, or a week from Friday, September 10th, so next Friday at the UW Fieldhouse. That's number three Kentucky coming into the Fieldhouse, the highest-ranked team Wisconsin will play all year, uh, probably all year, assuming Nebraska stays below three, Purdue stays below three, whatever, in the Big Ten, because the Big Ten is pretty loaded top to bottom this year, as it almost always is in volleyball. But Wisconsin got that first big win against Baylor on Saturday, number 10 Baylor, uh, 3-1, was never really close. Uh, Wisconsin won a set 25-7. I mean, they pretty much dominated the match outside of set three. So this Badger team, led by Retke, led by Hilly, uh, led by Robinson, uh, looking to go all the way this year and get over that national semifinal hump. That's something I think we're going to see just to take a bigger look at things all across college sports this year, in football and basketball, but especially in a sport like volleyball, just the quality of play is going to go up so high because there are so many experienced players returning in situations where they just wouldn't be able to in any other NCAA-sanctioned kind of time. But they able, they're able to do it now, and I think in a lot of sports just throughout the year, we're going to see a lot of really, really talented and really skilled play out there that we're not used to seeing at the college level quite as much. But we'll talk more about all that stuff later on. We got football in Penn State after we come back. I do want to just start by, of course, asking about that quarterback position in Graham Mertz. Everyone, of course, is drinking the Kool-Aid right now. They want this guy to be the superstar that he is quite literally selling himself to be here in the preseason. But I got to ask, believing and actually having faith in it'll happen is another story. Where do you think the fans are at in whether or not they actually think it will happen. Grant Mertz taking this team to whatever that next level is, Big Ten Championship, Big Ten Championship game again, wherever you're expecting it. I think they believe in it 100%, and I think there are a couple reasons that they should believe in it. Uh, number one, this guy was dealing with a serious injury we didn't know about after the Michigan game. He dealt with it all the, that back half of the year, and if you watch the games back, he was a completely different player against Illinois and against Michigan than he was after those games. And it wasn't like, uh, yes, he was playing slightly better defenses, uh, Northwestern, uh, Indiana, Iowa, certainly better defenses than Michigan or Illinois, at least last year, and probably again this year, to be honest. But uh, he was dealing with that shoulder injury that affected his throwing motion, affected his ability to go vertical, and we saw that ability in week one, especially against Illinois. But the other big reason is who he was throwing to. And after week two, or technically week three, after game two against Michigan, he was throwing to not much, uh, at least not much experience, not much talent on the outside. It was Chimere DK as his one, who's a true freshman being thrown into that role because of Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor being out for COVID slash injury related reasons, uh, various different issues they dealt with last year. And they were both back, both expected to be in the starting lineup come this Saturday. And I think they will be, and I think they will be most of this year assuming they stay healthy. Uh, and you also have guys like DK coming back with a year of experience. Uh, you have guys like Marcus Allen, a true freshman who's making noise. So this is going to be a much deeper, much more experienced uh, receiving group for him to throw to. Much, much better uh, targets for him on the outside. 
much better vertical threats on the outside. I think that with uh, a fully healthy uh, season for him, for Mertz, and a fully healthy receiving room, he's going to be much, much better right away. A lot of good points. Good points you bring up with the injury side of things, just with how he's kind of perceived as a quarterback and the questions that are around him. That's a big asterisk to put there. And I want to talk more about that, that kind of public perception of Mertz and the rest of this team. We will in just a minute with Asher Lowe of Locked On Badgers as we continue here. I'm Nate Dickinson on Locked On Big Ten. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten. BetOnline.ag is the place to go for any of your online sportsbook needs. The baseball season is back underway. The NBA Finals are wrapping up. And of course, I know you're already looking at some of those football futures for the fall as well. Whatever your need may be, as far as sports betting goes, BetOnline.ag can help you make your money. Head on over to BetOnline.ag right now for all the best lines, all the news you need to make sure you're up to date before you put those bets in, and we'll get you some free money to start out with, too. If you go to BetOnline.ag right now and use our promo code Locked On you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's 50% on top of whatever you put into your account that first time you put money in, just add it on for free. Thanks to the people over at BetOnline. It's BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back in here on Locked On Big Ten, we're talking Wisconsin, Penn State with our Locked On Badgers host and the co-host we have here on Wednesdays, Asher Lowe. Asher, we'll talk more about the Badgers in a minute, but we are here to talk about the matchup. So as someone who covers this team, as someone who's now, of course, taken a very big dive going into week one, I mean, you have had months to think about this opening matchup against Penn State. What are you looking at with the Nittany Lions and what they bring to the table from opposing side? We've asked Kevin McGuire, our locked on Nittany Lions host, plenty about what he thinks about this team. Where are you at with the squad? I think that the defense is going to be better than they were last year, and they weren't bad last year. Uh, They weren't great by any means, by Penn State standards, but I think offense is where uh, the offense kind of put the defense in worse positions. So if you look at certain numbers, I don't think they're exactly fair. Like you look at last year, 27 points allowed per game for Penn State. Okay, I don't know if that's totally on the defense given how much the offense gave the ball away in bad positions, how little the offense did in certain games to move the football. And I feel like that's kind of – The same thing Wisconsin dealt with where you look at that Iowa game. Yeah, Wisconsin's defense kind of fell apart in the second half, but I'd put it more on the offense not being able to keep them off the field at times. Uh, And I feel like Penn State had a similar issue. But the defense returns a lot of talent. Jaquan Brisker, uh, Tariq Castro-Field, it's going to be a really good secondary in that defense. And I think that's where they can take advantage against Wisconsin receivers that haven't played in a long time in Davis and Pryor, uh, guys that haven't been on the field uh, in quite a while. So – that's going to be an interesting matchup to watch that secondary uh, experience, secondary against experienced receivers for Wisconsin. Excited to watch right, uh, that matchup specifically on D. Uh, offensively, it's all about Sean Clifford, man. Like, we know it is. We know it's all about Sean Clifford. His legs were sort of a crutch last year. They tried to go to it a ton in terms of him being that dual threat, him being a read option guy. And it just sort of lost its luster because they weren't respecting, no defense was respecting his ability to get it over the top, his ability to uh, beat you with his arm, and he didn't show it last year, so why would you respect it? I wouldn't, and I wouldn't going into this year until he proves it once again. So will he be good enough with his arm to beat really good defenses? And he's playing arguably the best defense he'll play all year in week one, and I, I, I don't trust it from what I saw last year, 
but he's going to have to be able to beat teams as a thrower, not as a runner in week one and beyond this year. If Penn State wants to be back where they want to be, which is at the top of the Big Ten. Where are you pretty confident that Wisconsin's going to be okay in this matchup? Because when I'm thinking about big games as a fan, I'm usually thinking, all right, all right, we should be able to be okay here. But if we want to be able to beat a really good team, we got to be able to take care of this side. But where do you feel like Wisconsin's going to be okay, going to be good, of course, if things go according to plan? The linebackers are going to be phenomenal. Uh, the linebackers are better than Penn State's linebackers. They're better than probably any linebacker combination Wisconsin will see all year long. I I think that this is a position, too, where when you look at Jim Leonard's 3-4 defense, you almost always hear about the linebackers. And there's a reason for that. There's a reason Chris Orr, Zach Baum went to the NFL a couple years ago. There, there's a reason Jack Sanborn last year with, with not a ton of you know stats behind his name or real productivity behind his name was heralded as one of the better linebackers coming in in the country last year and is once again seen that way this year. There's a reason Leo Chanel popped off last year. It's because this scheme puts those guys in phenomenal positions. It makes them the focal point defensively. And when you're versatile as a linebacker, when you can play sideline to sideline, when you can play the run, when you're a tackling machine, when you're also good at getting to the quarterback, that's the kind of thing where when you have all those skills put into one, like a Zach Bond did so well, like a Zach Bond's still doing in the NFL, by the way, you can put him anywhere, uh, essentially, on defense, and he'll be okay. Those are the kind of players that really succeed in Jim Leonard's 3-4, and those are the kind of players I think he has in Jack Sanborn and Leo Chanel, and I think that those two guys will be two of the best players in the field on either side of the ball come Saturday. I want to ask more about on the Wisconsin side again, Asher. On that offense, we talked about Graham Mertz a little bit, but of course Wisconsin's known as a running football team, maybe more known than any team in the country for being able to put the ball on the ground. We've talked about Jalen Berger before already. The biggest criticism behind him is not his lack of talent, but really just people don't think that he can be a, a Jonathan Stewart or a Melvin Gordon or anybody else. But what's the argument that you make to say that, yes, he can be just as good as those guys? I don't know if he's going to be a Jonathan Taylor, man. Like there, There's only one. I, I right, don't know yeah, if Jonathan Taylor. There'll never be another Melvin Gordon. So I don't want to, I don't want to put him in the – I feel like we do this in ba- – I'm a basketball guy. We do this in basketball all the time where we're like, uh, you know, like is he the next Kobe? Is he the next LeBron? The media does that a lot. And if I were to do that with Jalen Berger, that would be unfair to Jalen Berger. Like that, that's a crazy, crazy level to live up to. And I don't think Jalen Berger has to be Melvin Gordon or Jonathan Taylor for this team to find success. And I think the reason is he has Ches Malusi right there with him, who's a guy coming over from Clemson, played behind Travis Etienne, so he's seen what greatness looks like, right? Uh, he's seen what greatness looks like in college football at the running back position, what greatness looks like in terms of a national championship contender coming from Clemson, uh, coming over to Wisconsin. He's also listed, by the way, and this was surprising. This is one of the depth chart surprises. Ches Malusi is listed as the number one back right now, not Jalen Berger, heading in to the weekend, which – uh, surprised me too. So uh, I get why you mentioned Jalen Berger. That surprised basically all yeah, yeah. of us that Malusi was listed as the number one back heading in to Saturday. We'll see how it – I'm excited, really excited to see how that plays out in terms of if you're watching something from a Wisconsin perspective, watch the touches between Malusi and Berger. Who gets more? Where do they get them? Uh, who's the guy featured in the passing game? These are all questions that we don't really have answers to heading into week one. Right? How much does a freshman like Braylon Allen play? Or does he play? How much does a, maybe an Isaac Garundo play 
uh, behind them at running back. So the running back touch distribution, as it was going into last year, and it, the last three years before that, when I was at school, it wasn't a question, right? Jonathan Taylor was getting the ball. That was, the, that was right. it, and a discussion. Jonathan Taylor was getting the ball 30 times a game. This year, just as it was last year, that's a big question. Who's getting the ball? How much are they getting it? And that's a question I think you should be watching for come Saturday. Asher, we talk more about this matchup between Wisconsin and Penn State. Why so much confidence with uh, Sean Clifford? I don't know if it's confidence really, but you, you seem like when we asked about what you thought about the Penn State team, it was basically all about the defense and how great that was before you brought up that quarterback that really I think Penn State's starting to think of a lot in the same way that Wisconsin fans think of Graham Mertz on the other side of this division. What's your take on why you think Wisconsin's going to be able to have that success on defense especially? Because I think both teams right now have some talent on offense to work with to suggest they're going to be able to put up points. I'm not super confident Wisconsin's going to have a ton of success <laughs> on defense the whole game. I, th- I think this Penn State team is good enough uh, to, to make life really difficult on Jim Leonard. But I am confident, like I said, that the linebackers will ball out. Uh, they'll ball out against the run, the ball out against the pass. Uh, and, and listen, Sean Clifford has a ton of weapons, a ton of weapons around him. Jahan Dotson, Parker Washington. These are guys that scare me in terms of names at wide receiver. Uh, the running backs uh, with Noah King coming back. Uh, he, he's, he's been dangerous uh, in his career. Noah Kane's going to be really tough to deal with for this Wisconsin front. And they're going to have to win that battle at the front with Keanu Benton on the defensive line uh, to find success against the run against Noah Kane. With Sean Clifford, though, the question he didn't answer all of last year was, can he beat you as a thrower? Can he sit back in the pocket and beat you as a pure passer? And he didn't answer that last year. He didn't even answer that to me in the games, aside from, I guess, which is ironic because I'm talking about Mertz's Illinois game too, aside from the Illinois game, and do we even count Illinois, aside from the Illinois game, and he wasn't, he was good against Michigan State too last year, second half of the year, and those last two games, but aside from those two games, he didn't answer that question once to me, and mm-hmm. even that Michigan State game, he was a really good runner, uh, had 48 yards rushing, a rushing touchdown in that game. But they tried to run him so much last year that I feel like, like I said, it became almost one-dimensional in that way where they were lining up as this read option threat that, and he's not bad with his legs, but he's not special with his legs. And I feel like he's going to have to be the 2019 thrower that we saw for some of that year, for more of that year than we saw it this year. And he's also going to have to take care of the ball, man, because he, he had some head-scratching turnovers last year. And if you make those mistakes against Wisconsin, they are not – Wisconsin and Indiana, those kind of defenses, they're not going to give you uh, that same mistake twice. Like they're going to take the ball away. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I you brought it up. I wasn't going to ask again because you had kind of already explained with the injuries with Mertz and obviously COVID stuff happened and other stuff. But it, I can hear the Penn State fans just yelling in their cars already. You, say, you can't say that Sean Clifford's proven anything. What has Graham Mertz proven, Asher? Graham Mertz has a better defense coming into this game. Graham Mertz, in my opinion, has a better one-two running back. Noah Kane's great, but Wisconsin has two, maybe even three guys that will contribute there. Graham Mertz has, uh, in terms of uh, a defense that will keep him in good positions, right, like, like give him better starting field position, uh, take take away the ball more than Penn State's defense will take away the ball. And I think that, that's where Graham Mertz has the advantage. I'm not sure I can sit here and say – he has a pure advantage 
in terms of a player, and he's proven more than Sean Clifford has in the Big Ten because he hasn't. But I think he has better uh, pieces surrounding him on both sides of the ball overall. I think Sean Clifford, like I said, has really good wide receivers. I like Jahan Dotson. I like Parker Washington. I also like Danny Davis and Kendrick Pryor. I don't think it's a huge mismatch there, but I'd probably give the slight edge to Penn State there going in to week one. I would. Like I said, though, the runners, the line, the offensive line, please, please, we grow them on trees. We grow them on trees in this part of the world. Uh, so the overall advantage to me, supporting cast-wise, goes to Graham Mertz, and I don't think heading into week one I can separate Mertz and Clifford much, and I think Penn State fans would say the same thing. I think that they're pretty much net out as even heading into week one. They won't by the time the year's over, and I'm not saying Mertz will – completely surpass him or Clifford completely I'm just saying that we'll learn a lot right, more about yeah. them as the year goes on, but we don't know much heading into week one in terms of what to expect. They're both a bit of wild cards, as many quarterbacks are in the Big Ten right now, right? Like Petrus at Iowa. Uh, when T.J. Stroud's never thrown a pass, I think he's going to be awesome, but he's never thrown a pass. Uh, so there are a lot of wild cards at that position heading in, and I think both these teams have one there. But like I said, overall, both sides of the ball, I give the advantage personnel-wise to Graham Mertz. Yeah, and a good point there at the end. A whole lot of teams with question marks, and these two teams have plenty of them. Not at the quarterback position, though. They know who their guys are, and that's something that you always want to be able to take into a season. Asher, as we start to wrap up here, I want to ask, is it something we put on our Twitter polls, and I forget what the actual results were. How hard do you think a loss would hit here in opening week in Madison, and how big would a win be if you're able to pull it off against the Nittany Lions? You know, I was talking with my co-host at Locked On Badgers, Ben Kenny, about this on an episode and about Wisconsin's path to the Big Ten Championship game because that's really all they're focused on right now. It's how do we get to Indianapolis to play in that Big Ten Championship game. And we were doing all the math and looking at the different options of what games do we think they can lose, what games do we think they'll definitely win, all that sort of stuff. And you're obviously looking at games like the Penn State game, like the Notre Dame game, like possibly Michigan, uh, possibly Iowa on the road at Minnesota as the tougher games, right? The four or five games they could lose. And the Penn State game, looking at it, isn't actually must win at all in terms of getting to Indianapolis. Wisconsin can absolutely afford to drop this one and have a pretty clear road to Indianapolis, even by losing another game. They can lose two games and have a very clear path to India, especially if that loss to Notre Dame, because that's an out-of-conference loss. And Penn State, yes, it's in conference, but it's an East loss, not a West loss. And I don't think there's any West team that any of us think is going to easily steamroll every other West team. Like I think, I think that yeah, Wisconsin has the best chance of going undefeated in the West, but I don't even think that's more likely than losing one, like tripping up once either at Minnesota at, or against Iowa, uh, against Penn State. But no other West team is going to roll through undefeated. Like it's just not going to happen. Every team's going to have a slip up, and I think Wisconsin could afford one here. A win would be huge. A win at home would obviously be huge and uh, set Wisconsin up really well. I think for Penn State, a win is possibly even more important than it would be for Wisconsin because, yeah, they get Ball State, they get an easy win, but then they get Auburn, September 18th. Not a great Auburn team. I don't think a team people are expecting to be world beaters this year in Auburn. Uh, and they get them at home. Should be a win. But those first two Big Ten, e or Big Ten, not East, but Big Ten games they play after Wisconsin, you get Indiana at home, okay, a rematch of last year's thriller, Iowa on the road, then two weeks later, Ohio State, yeesh. Like this thing could go bad quick. 
I think Penn State has to start fast because last year things did go bad quick. And yeah, they responded second half of the year, but it was too little too late. Yeah, I mean, tough luck for Penn State just drawing Wisconsin and Iowa in the East. And you mentioned it, that, or I'm sorry, in the West, and you mentioned it in the West. Enough good teams to beat up on each other. Bad teams are good enough to play spoiler any week. It seems like it's not going to be just any sort of runaway. On the other side, I mean, to prove your point even more, Penn State can't afford to lose this if they're trying to get to the Big Ten championship game. They got they got to try to get by Ohio State. And you know the Buckeyes aren't slipping up more than once if they do. So it's obviously a whole lot to get into with the schedule in the Big Ten, but we'll have plenty of time to get into any of that. Good with this Penn State team. What do you think they're going to be all right with? But there's also that other side. What do you think Penn or what do you think Wisconsin's going to have to do to, to beat Penn State in that pivotal matchup in whatever it is, positions, individual players, or just anything big picture? I think, like I said, Penn State's wide receivers uh, will make some plays. I think Penn State's secondary will be solid. I trust James Franklin in terms of game planning. Uh, I trust their motivation level is insanely high, and they've said that many times. But listen, like every team's motivation level is going to be insanely high coming out of camp week one. But I get where Penn State's coming from with that. Like, they started the year in a way that no Penn State team in my lifetime has started a year. 0-5. I mean, that's unheard of for yeah. an Indy Lions team. When, I grow, when I'm growing up, right, with Joe Pa and with uh, all, all, all that history and heading in uh, to the James Franklin tenure, and they don't start 0-5. Like that, that's not a thing that happens. Um, so they don't start 0-2, let alone 0-5. <laughs> So and they won't start 0 2. They get Ball State in week two. So you're good, Penn State fans. You're good. You got to win yeah. week two. You're good. Yeah. Uh, Nebraska no, plays Fordham this week. Nebraska does play Fordham. Well, that that's not a sure thing. Uh, but you know, uh, that's a, that's a different story. I just saw the boosters, by the way, bought up all the Fordham tickets to make sure that Nebraska had another sellout. So uh, at least they got that streak going. All right. Uh, and they're giving them to underprivileged kids in the community. So that was a cool story I just saw uh, right. out of the Big Ten. But um. Uh, yeah, I think Penn State will be fine in those two areas. Secondary running, or sorry, wide receiver. I do think Noah Kane, by the way, I almost slipped up and said running back. That was a Freudian slip because I think Noah Kane will be solid. Uh, but Wisconsin generally good against the run defensively, and I think this unit is built to be pretty good against the run. The questions for Wisconsin defensively are in the secondary, and it's a reason why I think that uh, losing Eric Burrell is big uh, at safety. That's a huge, huge loss for this defense. And I think that we saw the inconsistencies with Caesar Williams. We've seen it up and down. He has a, the talent to be a really elite corner in this league, but uh, we've seen too much down from him uh, that kind of negates some of the up. And so we'll see which Caesar Williams we get in that secondary for Wisconsin. And like I said, Wisconsin will be solid at linebacker. I think they'll be really solid in the run game this year, much better than they were last year. Uh, the one-two punch is going to be great with Malusi and Berger. And um, uh, I do think the defensive line will step up and play a, a very solid game. And listen, Andy Vujnovic, a weapon at punter, a weapon, and he's jacked. <laughs> yes, he is. He is. He's, he's he's the one who did the video with the thing over his yeah. arm, right? Yeah, that's that our Twitter. It's our Twitter. He was doing, yeah, yeah. It's the header to our Twitter account right now at Locked On Big Ten at it's one zero, not T E N. If you want, that's to give Brandon us a follow. right there. Yeah, that's Brandon. Yeah, <laughs> Asher can be heard on the Locked On Badgers podcast. Speaking of promoting the brand, every single weekday, Monday through Friday, this Saturday, a big one. Two quarterbacks and two teams with a whole lot to prove going into this season, trying to start it up on a high note. 
Of course, Asher will have all the coverage along with Ben Kenny over at the Locked On Badgers pod. And we might have to bring him in back here here on Locked On Big Ten to talk about it on Monday, even before we bring him in on Wednesday, every week on the show too. Uh, Asher, go ahead and let us know everything else that we need to know about where we can find you and all the stuff that you do. Yeah, so Locked On Badgers, of course. Badgerswire.com. We cover Wisconsin football and basketball at USA Today Sports. So head to Badgerswire.com for all the pregame stuff. From both the Penn State and Wisconsin perspective, we're talking about the Nittany Lions a lot uh, as well, leading up, covering James Franklin's press conferences, all that good stuff, and, of course, talking Wisconsin, talking all the press conferences and the coaches and all that good stuff. So head over to BadgersWire.com and uh, check it all out. For Asher Lowe, I'm Nate Dickinson. This has been Locked On Big Ten. We're back tomorrow with, again, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single weekday. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Built Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding. People are loving the new grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. So you know these guys are legit. That's Built Bar helping you get the show here today. And we thank you, Built Bar.